1131, welcome back into game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Glenn Stretch Smith, and Garrett Rawson. We're glad you're with us. Well, the Rangers had a horrible season. The Cowboys are struggling. We thought, who's going to fix the Rangers and the Cowboys? And, well, of course, it's going to be the director of The Voice, Alan Carter. And Alan joins us this morning. Hi, Alan. Good morning, and thanks for being a part of the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's just been quite a year, hasn't it? It has with uh, with COVID and and our and our lockdown. I, I know you're a huge huge baseball guy and a huge Ranger fan. And, and man, what a disappointment the Rangers were this season. I got to tell you, you know, you know, hopes were so high, weren't they, for yeah. all of us, for every team out there, since it's such a, a short season. And so, you know, I, I heard somebody say the other day it was the longest short season ever. And it really was. It was just painful kind of watching a bunch of this. And I don't know about you, Tom, but the frustration for me mostly is sitting there watching Odor and Andrews uh, play the way they played. I don't know about you, but it was very frustrating to see, you know, what the core of the Rangers used to be or, or is still supposed to be struggle so badly. And for it to continue to happen year after year, especially with Odor, it's just been very frustrating to watch this team. Now, having said that, I'm also really excited. I, 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 I thought it was rather exciting watching the young guys come up and play. And, and in no, no other circumstances would you have a situation where these young kids could come f- straight from A ball into, into major leagues. And I thought that was kind of cool to see. Not this year, obviously, but in years past, when, when the Rangers make trips to the West Coast, uh, Dodgers to, to play the Dodgers and, and to play the, uh, the Angels, do you get a chance to get out there and, and watch them a little bit? I absolutely do, and I, I make sure that I bring. If I feel if they're playing the Dodgers, I make sure I bring my best Dodger fan with me. And then if they're playing the Angels, I take my favorite their my favorite Angel fan with me, just in hopes that we would win, and I could just rub it right in their face, right in their home stadium. <laughs> uh, not that I'm competitive or anything, but yeah, no, we do try to make it out and see them as much as possible, and. Uh, you know, I, my aunt still lives in Waco. My mom still lives down in Victoria. I've got some ties with some folks out in Longview. So I'm in Texas probably every other month or so. So uh, during a course of a normal season, I'll make it to the ballpark. Now, the new ballpark, obviously, nobody's made it there. But I'll make it to the ballpark four or five times a year. So I see a Ranger, a lot of Ranger games as much as I can. Hey, you mentioned your ties. We'll circle back around to some baseball, but kind of, kind of walk us through uh, your career. Obviously, you uh, you're a Wacoan and and graduated uh, over at Conley High School. But kind of walk us through your career and how you went from the front of the camera, and I think you were on what PM Magazine on Channel Ten, to to behind the camera and a Emmy Award winning director. Well, if anybody sees any tape of me in front of the camera, they'll know I made a wise choice. Uh, <laughs> Because I just, you know, I've got the body made for, you know, behind the camera at the moment. So <laughs> I, I started out, uh, yeah, my first TV job. I was actually a DJ at a radio station in Brownwood, Texas. I went to school at Howard Payne University. So I, I was a DJ there, and then I moved uh, over to, to KWTX as a DJ there. But I got a job, uh, oddly, in a very odd way, uh up in uh, Dallas at KXTX, Channel 39. And basically, I was just kind of hauling cameras around, and my mom calls me up one day and says, hey, the the on-camera job at PM Magazine is open at KWTX in Waco, and they're taking open auditions. So lo and behold, if I didn't go down there and audition and get it. And I think I got it mostly because I knew how to edit, and I knew knew how to run a camera, and they needed that extra help. (laughs) But uh, so I did that. 
for a while, and then I was the sports guy on the, on the 10 o'clock news down in Victoria, Texas for a while. And then, Tom, I just packed up my bags and I went to California because I wanted – I was really in love with editing at that point. And so I wanted to edit music videos and things like that. Music videos were big at that time. And so I moved out to California, had 2000 bucks in my pocket, and I knew one person. And that 2000 bucks went really fast, and that person mm. turned out to not be a reliable person. Welcome to Hollywood, right? So uh, it's a long journey, but I made it up to uh, uh, an editor, and I was an editor for a good 10, 12 years, and I transitioned into directing about 15, 18 years ago. So that's, that's what I've been doing. That's, that's the short version. Talk a little bit about uh, The Voice. Obviously, uh, I kind of I think about The Voice, and, and, obviously, and I'm not telling you this just because, but it, it really is my favorite television program for a, a lot of reasons. It, it's, it's, it's got some sports quality to it because it, it is a competition. It's a competition among the, the participants, but it's also a competition among those four, those four uh, coaches. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the compliment, by the way. We work really hard um, to make sure – that this is a show, and, and, and really count on one hand how many shows are like this. This is a show where the entire family can sit down and watch it, right? And there's you're not in any danger of the kids seeing or hearing something that, that they shouldn't see or hear at their age, no matter what that age is. And But at the same time, it's high quality enough, and there's enough going on mentally uh, between those coaches and the way they talk to each other where it, it's intriguing for adults as well, right? And that we have tried to do that from the very beginning, and that comes from the top down. Uh, Mark Burnett, our executive producer, that's the kind of show he wanted. That's the kind of show NBC wanted, and so um, that's, that's just the way it's been. And, and my executive producer, Audrey Morrissey, who's kind of my partner in the show, she and I have worked hard together to make sure that the show remains that way. So I, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been a little bit of a challenge here with COVID, as we all know. Uh, to try to get this stinking show on the air this coming fall, but we're working on it, and it's going to be good. I promise you it's going to be really great. It's, as far as the, the live portion of the of the program, I would imagine last season that was an incredible challenge, and you guys pulled it off beautifully, by the way, but what a challenge to, to, get the, uh, to get the live portion of the program, not only with your coaches but your participants. I mean, there were a lot of moving parts. Tom, I didn't sleep for a month, man. <laughs> it was, you know, the first time we went live, we had 23 feeds uh, from different parts of the country. And, and look, you know, when you look at the NFL draft and things like that and, and what people are doing with these feeds, yes, it is possible to get 100 feeds in. Or what the Emmy Awards did an amazing job last week of getting, I don't know how many feeds they had coming in. But this, this has been the, the growth of how to do this by getting feeds around the country has just grown exponentially since the start of COVID because we kind of knew how to do it at the start of COVID. Now everyone's mastered it. Well, when we hit it, it was still in its growing phase. So I didn't know if any of these 23 feeds would even last or if they, if they could see us, I mean, we could see them, but they couldn't, they may not be able to see us and could we communicate with them? And it was, it was just a nightmare, but we did pull it off. I did, you know, I was a little disappointed at how some of it looked, but at that point, it was like, hey, let's just get on the air and let's just get the show done and, and let's let's get let's pick a winner. Let's let America see this. And so we got through it. We're fine, and now we're technology is well more advanced now, even in just four or five months. And uh, what you're going to see this coming season here in a couple of weeks is we're back in the studio. The coaches are in the studio 
All the contestants are in the studio. Everything's live. The only thing missing is an audience. So what we've done here is we sent out a bunch of invitations to people around the country. And basically they have an app on their phone. And they hit the app, then all of a sudden they're going to pop up on a screen uh, during our show, and then they can be in the audience. So that's that's kind of what we're doing this season and to try to get past the uh, – the no audience thing, which we, we, you know, everybody's getting sick of no audience, right? Even watching football games, oh. even if there's 10,000 people in the seats, it still stinks, right? Yeah, so, we, were, we were at well, the Baylor game Saturday night and 11,000 in the stadium, and you're like, this place is empty. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, Alan, that's where I was yeah, going. Talk, talk to us about the have – you, have you had a chance to see the new stadium out, out – the new football stadium in Los Angeles? And have, have you has anybody that you know been out there? And t- tell us a little bit about what, what the state of the art is supposed to be out there for the Rams and the Chargers. Well, no one's seen it. I mean, you know, and I, I had tickets to the first game. My, my technical director, who sits right next to me in the booth, is a huge Rams fan, and he has season seats, and he had promised me – that I was going to sit with him in his season suits for the first game because the Cowboys were coming. Well, you know, we both sat on our couches. So, uh, you know, so I, I, it looks amazing. It's it's enormous when you drive by. I mean, the Death Star out in Frisco, uh, I'm sorry, Arlington, um, you know, it looks huge and ominous. This one does too, but in a different way. It's just a different – it's an outdoor stadium with, with, with a top over it. It's kind of an odd thing. But um, the technology involved is supposed to be outrageous, not, but I haven't been inside, so I can't tell you. But uh, but everybody's very excited about it. And we're actually excited about having uh, two teams here, so there's a game there every week. So that, that's kind of fun, too. But, uh, I mean, my loyalties are still back home. You know, I, 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 I follow the Rangers, obviously. Cowboys are a big deal for me still. Uh, I love the Mavericks. The only L.A. team I have latched onto are the Los Angeles Kings. And that's simply because Dallas didn't have hockey when I was living in Texas. And so when I moved out to California in the late eighties, I just kind of latched onto the Kings. So the Kings are my only LA team at the moment, but, uh, but yay for the Dallas stars. I thought they did a great job getting to the final. Hey, do you have the same passion for football as you do for baseball? Not quite. I mean, I, I still love the Cowboys. I love watching football. I really love college football, Tom. I, and I, I've managed this uh, this college football pool of me and my friends, gosh, for over 10 years now. That's kind of really more my passion than anything else is watching college football. Uh, NFL, I can take it or leave it. I, I do love the Cowboys. But my, my true passion is the Rangers, and it always has been for years and years and years. Well, Ever we, since I was a little kid. As a matter of fact, my entire family are Houston Astros fans. And, of course, I just rake them over the coals with every chance I get nowadays. But uh, I was the youngest one in the family, and so naturally I became the rebel, and the Rangers moved in in 1972, you know, when I was, what, I was 10 years old or 12 years old. So it was just it was natural for me to be a Ranger fan. Well, Alan, I got to tell you, uh, we just had David Murphy, the former Baylor Bear and the former Texas Ranger on the program, and he didn't have a whole lot of positives to say about where we're headed with the Ranger program. He thinks it's going to be a while. So uh, we, we may see a beautiful ballpark, but I think we're going to see some bad baseball for a while. Yeah, you know, and, and there's a lot of finger pointing going on this, this year about, you know, is that Daniels, did Daniels not evaluate what we really had properly? And I have a hard time believing that John Daniels has forgotten how to win or to get to a World Series because he did it twice. And he built an amazing team in 11 and 12, right? So has he forgotten how to do it? I don't think so. Is Woody the kind of manager we need? 
I think the question's still out on that one. But you know, it's, it's, so so what's happening is is, is ownership binding Dan, John Daniels' hand? You don't hear a lot about the ownership from the Rangers, right? So I don't know. I I, I don't. I've been. I would have loved to have heard what Murphy had to say about that. But I, you know, it's it's it where we are. It's exciting with the new kids, but as you can see, it's going to take a while. So um, and it doesn't sound. And it sounds like we're going to spend less money next year. So that doesn't give us a lot of hope. So I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, 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 I'd like to be eternally optimistic about my favorite team, which we all do. But it just seems like, yeah, it, it, it may be a little bit. All right. Uh, the Voice uh, season's coming up. Uh, what is it, October 19th? Is that, is that when we kick it off? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think in about three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. All right. Hey, Alan, thanks so much. I appreciate it very, very much. And you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Tom. Good talking to you. You too, uh, buddy. Say hi there. Just want me from, uh, from Waco, man. I will. Thanks so much. Al- that's Alan Carter, the uh, director of The Voice.